Hello, this is Janice Alpert. Welcome to On Purpose, where we interview people about their purpose, how they found it, where they're going. We always hope that they're somewhat inspiring to help you figure out your purpose and to stay on it with a purpose. Um, Today, we have Madison Saunders. Hi, Madison. What's up, Janice? So nice to see you. Um, uh, Just most of the people that I interview, for those that are regular listeners, know that I don't know that much about them. And that's true with Madison as well. But that being said, she was, um, we were in the Smoky Mountains, my husband and I, and we hired a guy to kind of take us uh, on a hike. And Madison was that guide. And I found her to be so interesting and passionate. And I said to her, do you want to be on the podcast? And she said, sure. And then at the end, just as a, you know, again, I think people who listen know that I believe in the universe and things happen. At the end, we're getting each other's information. And I find out that her last name is Saunders. And that's the street that I happen to live on. And that her mother's name is Janice. So I felt like, all right, that's okay. a little connection. Too many connections she has to be on. Um, so welcome. And thank you so much for giving us some of your time. We appreciate it. Um, so why don't we just start off by telling us, tell me a little bit more about your growing up and where, first of all, you grew up, where did you grow up? So I grew up in rural Appalachia, uh, in kind of this little drive through mountain town, uh, called Teleco Plains, Tennessee. Um, uh, and it's right on the border of the Cherokee National Forest. So much of the same kind of like mixed mesophytic forest, um, is in my backyard as wow in the Smokies. Um, so uh, yeah, I really loved it there. You know, not much going on, but the scenery is absolutely gorgeous. Beyond gorgeous. So growing up, do you have any siblings or? Um, I have a half brother and a half sister. Yeah, they're they're twice my age. And uh, so kind of grew up as an only child, but got to see them on holidays and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so were your parents, um, mom or step, whatever the situation is, were they into also nature and walking and hiking and yeah absolutely so my dad I I grew up kind of like my playtime was outside a lot so they would just kind of send me off into the woods and my dad and I like to roam the woods together and he would show me the trees a lot um and my dad's a big hunter as well a lot of people uh where I'm from like to hunt deer and bear and turkey and Uh, He was really into deer hunting, so he stocks my freezer with venison every year, which I'm still very grateful for. Um, But, you know, one of his sayings that kind of always stuck to me as a kid was um, he likes to just go hunting mainly for the reason that he likes to watch the world come alive um, Uh in the mornings. And so um, I kind of I think that imprinted on me as a kid uh, walking around the woods and just listening to the birds, you know, like when you're camping or out in the middle of nowhere and the birds are your alarm clock or the sun is your mm-hmm. alarm clock and um so yeah my dad was really involved in kind of the woods scene and then my mom always uh you know wanted to go hiking during fall foliage season and she was a big into gardening and um kept all kinds of fun stuff in her garden and um so you did a lot of farm to table eating like um, I wish I would have done more of it, honestly, growing up as a kid. I, I wasn't fortunate enough to kind of have like the farm life that a lot of the kids in my school had. And um, yeah. there's tons of farmland out there. So there there are uh, many just kind of like cattle farms and uh, there is a lot of farm to table eating. But I unfortunately didn't do too much of that as a kid. But 
So as far as your schooling, since you were kind of in a rural area, like were did, were there like, and I mean, I'm not, I, I really don't know. So I'm just asking inquisitively, yeah. was it like the kind of thing, like a old red schoolhouse where everybody was in the same room or was there like a first grade, a second grade, a third grade? How did that? We had uh, the typical elementary, middle and high school and um, there okay. was just for the town uh and then there were a couple rural sectors kind of out closer into the mountain areas like coca creek um but the school that i went to had 400 students and oh. i had about 85 in my class so it wasn't uh, unusually small there were still, no uh plenty of you know plenty of kids uh around um yeah and were, were most of the kids that you hung out with and friends were they all kind of again into I'm not saying all, but like into nature or living on in rural areas or there's anybody in the, I don't even know what the closest city would be to you. What What is the closest city to you? Or the closest city to me is Knoxville, uh, unless you count Maryville, which is kind of not, not really. It's like the oh, smallest okay. city in the world. Um, but yeah, Knoxville would be the closest. It was about an hour and 15 minute drive from my hometown. So okay. Um, I wasn't way out there, but the mountains kind of made it feel that way. Um, mm -hmm. Little pocketed mountain community. Um, but yeah, the the kids there, uh, you know, it wasn't a ton of that. Uh, I did find that a lot of the kids kind of didn't appreciate what they had around them so much and oh. wanted to go out to the city rather than kind of like go hiking around. So the most kind of exposure I had with my friends was I was in like the future farmers of America. Right. <laughs> okay. So okay. I would like show sheep and, um, mm -hmm. you know, my, they had a greenhouse on uh, campus at the school. So that was kind of my gig is I wanted to be around the plants. Right. I didn't, you know, I can castrate a cow. So take that for what you will, but I okay. would rather. Good to, good to know. Uh, very good to know. I'm having that visual right. I'm having that visual right now. Not not um, nothing I would ever be doing. But uh, and, and 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 you're such a like you're kind of little. But I would you uh, whatever anyway. So you, but you could do that. Well, okay. Don't mess with me. Got I'm, up. I'm not going to mess. No, that's a skill that I don't know anyone else except now you, Madison, that I've ever met has. So, okay. Hey. Okay. You know, it's so, actually not that hard. You'd be surprised. Okay. Uh, well, uh, uh, we're going to, we're going to believe you without asking for any graphic details. Okay. So, so right. So growing up, so you, you had um, friends that were more interested in city life and you always just kind of in your heart went, but I love it here. There's so much here of beauty and nature and your, and you had your dad that also felt that way. And your mom also felt that way. So in terms of education, then did you, I don't know, like like in high school, would was there like besides the Farmers of America or whatever you just said, was there other classes that you could make like like biology or like a, what did you? Yeah, um, I mean, I so I really lived in the biology classroom for the most part. Um, I had two really great teachers in high school, um, Mr. Carroll and Mr. Witt. So a shout out to that. Yep. Yeah, I used to carry around a bucket, like a five-gallon bucket full of note cards uh, for the biology class because oh. I loved it so much. Um, and he really made it fun, Mr. Witt did. And um, a lot of people in the high school kind of didn't give him as much credit. They just wanted to see him do these like weird Superman push-ups that he could do. That was like his <laughs> Um, I don't know why. 
But um, yeah, I really love the science classes that I had. But the school mainly uh, honestly focused a lot more on the trades because that's what was around. Um, so in my hometown, unless you wanted to drive 45 minutes to an hour, your work when you get out is the factories, like the local rally manufacturing. Wow. Okay. Uh, so they focused a lot on like the welding classes and carpentry and um, practical skills, which is great. Um, but I, I didn't take very many of those. I stayed on uh, the science track and then um, I kind of treated all of my school in a sense of like get in and get out. And mm -hmm. that I do have regrets about that uh, because, you know, I was in and out of high school. My last year of high school, I went uh, until noon and then did some online college classes and then went okay. and worked and then uh, came back and did the same thing the next day, you know, so I was always on, always on. And um, why? Do, because you felt like you wanted just finish school and then. Yeah, um, I wasn't very challenged in the school that I was in. And just kind of growing up in a rural area, you don't have as many options um, as some of the city schools. So. I wanted to kind of get out and explore and find more things that I liked. Um, but I also just kind of had this mindset, like I have to make money. I have to go ahead and be saving money to pay my tuition, to advance my career, because I did come from such a small place. Um, so with the help of my parents, thank God for them. And, uh, um, you know, working after school, um, and going ahead and taking kind of some of those college credited classes, right. I was able to go pursue a bachelor's degree um, from Tennessee Tech. And oh, you did. So you ended up. So you went to college because it when, sounds like there wasn't a like where I, I in the Midwest here, certainly in my neighborhood, in my community, like it's not even even for me when I was growing up, it wasn't an option. You went to high school. Well, I'm going to say it wasn't an option, but. In my world, you went to college. Everybody went to college, you know, and that's just, and even now that's always the question. Not that I think a person has to go to college. I'm just saying you that would that was like a given. So when you grow up in a rural community where it's more job driven and factory is the job or career path, whatever word you want to use. So you were like a little, even very young, kind of off the beaten path of your community. Yeah. And I mean, I wouldn't say, you know, I several of my peers did pursue higher education. Oh, they did. Okay. But it wasn't like, I don't think the rate of like college graduation was super high. Uh -huh. and, do, you do you remember feeling like I'm unusual or like, how did that feel for you? I'm not really. I didn't have a ton of friends in high school. I had like a few that I could rely on. So for me, it was like I had lunch in the library quite a bit um, with Miss Watson. She was so sweet and uh, she helped me out with a lot of my like college stuff. And shout out to Miss Watson. That's yeah. But it was just kind of, uh, you know, high school was weird. Uh, high school is weird for so many, right? And it's so was, true. It's so totally true. lost. Like, and, and you know, it just—it's crazy how little high school matters at the end of the day. So, yeah, I don't have regrets about kind of getting through high school quickly, but because I got through high school uh, with some college credit, I did get in and out of college too. So I was only in school for. Three years at Tech, and did you did you live there? Did you or was that a commuter? Yeah, I lived in Cookville, so that's over in Middle Tennessee, kind of closer to Nashville area. Okay. And, okay. Uh, so it's about 
two and a half hours from Knoxville where I'm at now. Um, and so, yeah, I definitely lived out there. It was a good experience also. And, um, you know, got to go different places for internships and, uh, attend conferences in other states, learn about plants out West. And was it, that was my next question. So what was your, was your major biology or plants? Oh, yeah. Or yeah, it was biology and I focused in botany. So, um, yeah, you know, I was about to say, I was, I'm thinking, I know there's a term for the plants and it wasn't coming to me, but yeah, okay. botany, botany, the study of plants. Um, so I did a lot of horticulture and greenhouse work. Um, but then I really fell in love with natives uh, once I graduated college and started working on a native plant farm as a propagator. So, wow. Um, and that's where I think I truly started to find a little bit more of a sense of purpose was when I started working outside. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really clear to me that I was on the wrong track when I first got into college because I started out in medical microbiology. Oh, okay. Um, and looking back at that now, I'm like, what was I do? <laughs> uh, what were you thinking? I'm curious. What were because you know part of what I always like to know is like. Because most of our paths are not streets are hard to get. In okay. Okay. Biology. Uh, biology is like the field you go into, and it just doesn't pay well. Doesn't do a lot. So to be someone who cares about the environment or people's health, sometimes like even a lot of the healthcare workers are super underpaid. Mm-hmm. Um, in that section of biology, like you really have to have more of a drive than money. For mm-hmm. that job, right? Um, so I started out in medical micro and ended up hating it. Uh, the advisor that I had was just super rude. Didn't care about like the the not like Miss not like Miss Watson. Go go ahead, Miss Watson. No, um, she he just kind of uh, made fun of some of the other professors. It was just kind of negative energy all the time when I was. Uh, and then I got into my first general botany class, which is required for all biology majors. Oh. And that was one of the advisors that he was putting down all the time. Wow. She taught the class. Um, and I absolutely fell in love with that class. Uh, I, it held my attention. It captivated me. She did a great job at just uh, kind of cultivating this environment of hands-on learning and mm-hmm. being go outside and notice things up close in person, taste things, touch things, smell things, like get familiar. And so um, a week into the class, I changed my major. And I know so on the inside, there. on the inside, you you knew like I, I have to make a shift here. And yeah. you just and you listen to that inner voice. I love that. And I'm still getting better and better every day at listening to my intuition. But uh, that is something that I will say as humans, like I think a part of the human experience is that intuition and learning how to totally. um, and quiet the rest of the world and the rest of your mind and just listen to that inner voice to guide you. Like we all have it. It's yep. just about uh, uncovering that and eliminating stressors and things that do not feel right for your life. And the more you listen to yourself, the better you feel. You know, Madison, people might be thinking that I gave you a script right now because you're speaking my language. I mean, this is this is the whole theme of of everything that I've been saying for the last almost three years um, on the spot. You're sending that out on the trails, right? And that's where you find it is on the trails, um, being outside. And so 
when I started working as a propagator on that native plant farm, there are a few experiences that really stand out to me. So um, on that farm, one of the things was we never bought seed. Um, we foraged the seed. So we were growing native. So it's everything that was already around us. So the way we collected seed was on horseback. Um, really? Would, we would ride the horses through the woods on the property and we would reach up and just grab the maple seeds, grab the acorns off the ground, stop, get off the horse, look for buckeyes. And, um, you know, any tree we were trying to grow, there was always fruit. So there was a spring foray and a fall foray for the seeds. Um, and we would get to go out there and then just use what we already had. So it was a low cost operation. It was awesome. Um, but just like finding, like it taught me that like kind of a lesson on minimalism, honestly, mm -hmm. and just like capitalism in general, just the idea that you have so much already. Yeah. It, the land is no longer shared, right? It's all about private property, et cetera. Yes. Even on public land, you can still find things to nourish you and not your body, it's going to nourish your soul and your mind. So yep. you get out there uh, and interact with the world around you instead of all of these billboards and ads at gas station pumps and TV and like the whole of Netflix, like no, none of your listeners can tell me that they have not went down a Netflix hole in the past two years. I mean, Look at what COVID has done to us. Like, no, totally. I'm not guilty as charged. Guilty as charged. You know, but props to those who have fled to the mountains because uh, Tennessee's seen a lot of increase in tourism. So I know a lot of people have kind of used that time wisely and gotten out there. So there have been positive and negative impacts for sure of, you know, the having the time. But uh -huh. I, I know for myself, my increase of, of nature, my love of it. Um, part of that was during the pandemic because I live in a cold climate. So, you know, it's not like, you, well, I suppose some people can just run out, but I did every single day um, during when we were particularly had to, you know, before vaccines and whatever. Um, I went every day and drove to the lake, which is about 20 minutes from my house and just took a walk by the beach. Um, and then when the weather got nicer, there's a forest preserve. So would walk over there also. Um, and I loved and just when you're talking about tasting things on our hike with you, you had me and my husband taste some kind of bark thing. I don't remember what it was. And it had some kind of, I think, peppermint. I mean, nothing that I would ever know in a million years. Um, the birch tree, the birch tree. OK, I didn't remember what it was. Um, yeah, good memory. Um, and then just pointed out other things of, you know, like this leaf was that. And so, you know, it makes you to me, if you're not a, a botany major, which I am not, I couldn't even remember the word. Um, you know, when you go out in nature, though, especially if you go with someone like yourself who has such a passion about it, I just think it, it feeds, like you said, to me, it feeds my soul. And and what I love about it is that it's free. And it's, 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 to me, it's like even when I do my meditations, it, and especially right now, the foliage here in the Illinois is also magnificent. Um, so when I go by a tree that's bright yellow or bright orange or whatever, and I think if someone doesn't believe that there's something spectacular going on in this universe and on our planet, then they're really missing out. And so while I personally have nothing against a good Netflix show, 
um, for entertainment because that is one of the things I love. Me, yeah. yeah I know. But on the other hand, if that's all we're doing, so then I think that we're missing out on a big portion of of life that that brings joy on a on the deepest level you could possibly have it and experience it. Besides our loved ones and whatnot. Um, matter of fact, in today's meditation, you know, I, I meditate. I try every day, like it, and I people know. I, 15 minutes is about as much as I can do. But the one that I've been listening to lately, I'm going to do a shout out to Generation Calm because I really like them. Them and um, Boho Beautiful, they do beautiful meditations and they're free. They're on YouTube, whatever. But today's one that I've been listening to late, lately is picturing yourself. First, you picture someone that you love with all your heart. So your whole body is filled with love, like unconditional love. No, it could be a pet. It could be anything. And then you picture something beautiful, uh, you know, like a nature it could be a beach, she said, whatever. But I'm telling you that I picture, because I was just in Tennessee, Tennessee. That's my new visual. Because it's so beautiful there, the mountains and the waterfalls. And the we were just there a few weeks ago. So it was the leaves were just beginning to change just a little bit. But the leaves here are, are in full, you know, foliage. It's, it's beautiful. They are here too now. I'm sure it's gorgeous. So I said to my husband, we're going to come back there. I don't know about next year, but in a couple of years. Uh, for sure. And because um, we have another big trip planned next year, but whatever. Um, and we're going to come two weeks later so that we'll be there more around this time of year versus when we were there, you know, before. So, um, so yeah, so it's great. So on the inside, so you, you kind of knew all your life that nature was going to probably be your thing because you loved it from the beginning with your dad and, and, you know, whatever, all that, the hunting and the being out in there. Then in school, you kind of also knew then you thought you were going to be in biology, switch to which, what this, so you got your degree in botany then, or what did you end up? Uh, yeah. So my degree is in biology, but I concentrated in botany. So I took all the plant and nature related classes instead of say like the healthcare side of biology okay. where I started. Okay. So for, for, for right now though, um, and so, and you feel like this is your passion and your purpose, like to be with nature and to share that with others because you are a guide. Absolutely. Yeah. So guiding has been really eye opening for me. Um, I meet all kinds of different people. And so for me, what I really love about guiding is not just the nature aspect of it, because who doesn't love like having these woods as your office, right? Like, I mean, I can't imagine who wouldn't love it. Think of other, you know, things that are great about the job when that's the that's the option. But um, I really love the people aspect of it and the hospitality part because I do take a lot of people out from the city. So like I get tons of people from New York, um, L.A., uh, Chicago, get, Chicago. Yeah, uh, I get lots of people from the cities where you don't necessarily have just this like lush, temperate rainforest in your backyard. Yep. Um, and a lot of people have never seen this spectacular display of fall foliage or witnessed like an array of purple carpet on the floor from the yep. wild flowers in the spring, you know, um, or if they're smelled things or heard the birds or stopped to realize like, oh, that that's a woodpecker I hear off in the distance or, you know, um, well, it's like, like stop and smell, stop and smell the roses, so to stop speak. Stop and smell the roses, really. Stop and smell the tea berry, you know, stop, stop and taste the sour woods. Um, there's so much uh, sensory exploration in the woods. And I think a lot of adults, too, forget how to be children. Um, we grow up so fast in the world today. Uh, you know, our, our 
our middle schoolers are the way, you know, a lot of people probably were in their 20s, 20 oh, years. I have a middle schooler as a granddaughter and, and uh, she's like 18 already, I swear. I, I mean, she's so grown up. It's insane. So like, you know, slow down and just listen to what's around you, like get in touch with with nature, feel the world uh, because it's going to keep moving whether we do or not. So we may as well go for a walk, you know, um, totally big thing, I think, on the Internet right now, uh, which I'm not super connected to. But I've heard, you know, the stupid little mental health walk, the little walk for my stupid mental health, like has been kind of someone boring. says that literally stupid yeah. mental health. Yeah. And I take offense to that as as a therapist. What? Right. Um, Mental health is important. And the more we nurture that, uh, the the more productive we're going to be able to be in our work life and our home life. Um, So for me, it was just about kind of finding some balance there, uh, because previously, like I did do a lot of work under like a microscope and in front of a computer and my mental health plummeted for a long time. Um, like I wasn't doing great. I had a hard time in school uh, having to, you know, hit the textbooks for the classes that I didn't exactly love uh, and super passionate about. But it was a part of getting to where I am and getting to share uh, nature with all of these people that come into my life in and out of my life um, is amazing. And a big component of it is a lot of the times strangers are so apt to open up to other strangers before they are apt to open up to people they know and love. Oh, I've seen yeah, anyone who's ever been on an airplane, they'll hear this next their their partner, their seat partner, if they travel alone, their whole life story. And then they go, okay, nice to meet you, that they probably would never tell anybody else. So there is some comfort in in telling a stranger, especially in the kind of environment that you you're out in nature, it's just conducive to chit chat. About your yeah, and it's almost like therapy, you know, yeah. for for the other person, for me as well, because I get to kind of catalog all of these human experiences, and it makes me think about the human experience as a whole. And I'm sure you can relate being a therapist. Like, I mean, you know, you listen to people's life stories all day. I do. So for me, it's kind of like I'm a therapist in my own way, listening to everyone's stories in the woods. Um, and that's that is it's such a conducive environment to really tap into your feelings. And um, I have a lot of guests like you that want to keep in touch. And uh, so it's it's cool to kind of see how those those lives progress and, you know, hear about what they're doing now when they go home. Um, yeah, because even even on our when we walked, I don't even remember how we got on the subject of podcasts. I, it wasn't I, I don't remember how that even came up, but it just all of a sudden came up. And then you went, oh, I love podcasts. And I went, oh, really? I, you know, you you're young. Madison is kind of I'm going to ask you the next question because Madison's like young. And but even but I feel like you're there and you already I can see have so much wisdom in your young life already, which I love. Um, but I could just tell you would have something to offer, which of course you are offering. I just love everything that you're saying. So just curious, you're young. Do what do you see a path? Like, do you think you'll be doing this for the next 10 years? Do you see it as a lifetime thing or you're not sure what's, yeah, it's honestly, it's hard to think about transitioning out of this uh, at this point. You know, I plan to be here for like a year and here I am uh, with the same guiding company three years later. So wow. 
Um, I was thinking about going back to grad school for education, um, but I think now if I were to go back to school, it would probably be for like Montessori education. Okay. Uh, then, so that I can spend more time like hands on in the woods yep. instead of behind a lecture hall. Um, mm-hmm. But what my my big dream is to continue guiding and to gradually kind of pull away from the company that I'm working for and start my own company okay. where that I can tailor things to be a little bit more involved with nature, a little bit more like wellness focused or mm-hmm. uh, specific. Like uh, in the fall offer tree identification hikes where you go and learn about the trees and your favorite colors of trees and how they taste, what their fruits look like. Um, so the, combine, combine an educational component besides just the joy of nature. Because people, yeah. a lot of people are interested. I loved when you pulled out the birch and said, take a taste. I thought it was cool. Yeah, just like, uh, you know, some different options and uh, kind of more of like a mindful wilderness walk than just uh, let's go hike. Because uh, I do get a mixture of folks, you know, I get people who come for kind of like the wellness attribute and they just want to be like on a quiet walk in the woods. Right. Uh, me. I also get people who come to me for like, they're like, okay, I got two hours. I want to hike 15 miles. I'm cool with elevation. Like, let's go. They have, they have a mission. Those and people, I tell, we've got, you know, we'll, we'll get about three miles in that time. <laughs> right. Right. Well, and it's not, you know, and it's a workout. For that. Um, yeah. It's all kinds of folks. And uh, I just, I really want to call like um, attention to the wilderness more. So to have like kind of a guiding company at first and then open mm-hmm. a small bed and breakfast that is pretty much grid farm to table foraged experiences okay. thing is the, kind of where I would like to go with things. Okay. Hey, you, first awesome. of all, but I'm happy where I'm at right now. Uh, yeah. Wonderful. No, first of all, I love that you were able to shift knowing that um, the biology medical thing was not going to be for you and say, uh-uh, and then shift to what you do love and found this you know, that you found like, like, I love what I'm doing and that you're also adding on, which I also think is great. The component of, I really like the people connection. So all, it sounds like really like you're, you're, you're listening really deeply to kind of what's going on inside. So that's like terrific. Right. And what we're told in society, right. Is like, you have to spend nine to five, five days a week working, Mm -hmm. right. It's work to live, live to work. So if we're spending that much time, making money to live we make well enjoy what we do and enjoy the people we're around too like even just the employees that you hire or the teams that you're building like all of that matters because in the end like you're spending more time with the people that you are taking out into the woods or you know whatever you do in life you're spending more time with those people than you are your own family so to nurture connection is so important like we create an innate need right. for connection and experience. So that's part of be that's part of, you know, not to get I think it's Maslow has a hierarchy of needs. So the first one is physical well being and safety. But right close by is you have to have connection, emotional so you know, I think there's ten needs, but but one of the top ones is that you have to which if I even remember this from forty years ago of school, I is funny. 
Um, but I know for a fact, just from my life experience, and certainly as a professional, human connection uh, without it, we really, our quality of life, we, we basically, we're depressed. We don't survive. Well, we might survive, but not as long and not as fully. So that you can already know this in your 20s, I say kudos to you and um, keep it up. So I usually, I mean, Sam, thank you so much for sharing this. I'm just so impressed with your wisdom at such a young age. And um, I think you're doing great. So keep it up. So if you were going to talk to somebody who, let's say, was in their 20s, we'll just go with that, but really anybody, and they're on the corporate, uh, let's say they're on the corporate path, and they know inside, like, I I hate this. But my parents say I have to make $100,000 or I have to do this. And I, you know, I have to, I have to, I have to. But inside they know they'd rather do something much more fulfilling that might might not initially give them that income. Because, you know, again, I think my listeners know that I believe in abundance. So I believe that you can do what you love and make money and you can make a lot of money. I don't think the two are opposite, Um, but you do have to work. You can't just say, oh, please, please, please. You have to put in the time and the effort. So if you were... Someone was coming to you and going, no matter what age, doesn't even have to be in their 20s, any age, 30s, 40s, 50s. I just I'm just not happy with what I'm doing in my life. What would you say to them of how to shift that? Well, I mean, if you're spending time doing something you're not happy in, like the first step, right, is the self-awareness. Like you you're blocking yourself by coming to me and asking that, you know, you're admitting that you are not happy in what you're doing. Right. And sometimes it does help to admit it out loud to someone else. So um you know, I would say, listen to yourself. You came here for a reason. You're thinking these things for a reason. And how many, how many years, how many minutes of your life are you spending unhappy? Um, and what would cause that shift? And how can you set yourself up for success to make that transition? Because, you know, like a lot of people do, I feel my age, especially kind of get into the like, eh, it's fine attitude. Like, mm-hmm. I'm gonna scrap it all All like if if it's like oh I'm making a career change they're really quick to just be like I'm gonna quit my nine to five like you know I'd say don't quit your day job right away but start making small incremental goals um that you can see and reach like write them on a calendar put them in your notes app like set alarms like remind yourself what your purpose is what you're going towards um one thing that I've done in the past and it really liked is um so we all know like altoids right like the altoids tins yes 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 so take the mints the mints yeah you eat all the mints <laughs> and the leftover tin you can make kind of a miniature vision board that you can carry around with you in your pocket so like pictures scraps of newspaper um little notes to yourself trinkets you find in the woods like mine has feathers in it it has bones in it um it has like the first acorn i found this year is a talisman you know like little things to kind of keep you motivated and looking forward to your future self um because you're not always where you're going to want to be and honestly if you look at it from that perspective like you're never truly going to be fully satisfied if you have that mindset of growth because um, we are always going to continue growing over time. Um, yes. You're going to yes. be somebody different in two years anyway. So nurture what you have right now. And that and that actually will get you to, first of all, I'm hysterical that you mentioned the vision board, little vision board, because I literally today, this is the honest to God truth. My sister's trying to sell her condo. And I said, you need to put the vision board up because when I... Sidebar, when I was trying to sell my son's condo, 
I had a vision board of the price that I wanted when I wanted it to sell this about 25 years ago. Um, the kind of person that I thought might buy it. And literally in 30 days, it sold for the exact the exact amount. And I put down like an odd amount. I think it was like 228 or something like the exact amount. It sold exactly. So people think that I'm always like this, which now I hired a realtor. You know, I you still have to do all the work, no matter what it is. But I love I'm a big fan of vision boards. I love that idea of the little tin. People who've listened know that I had a vision box before I met my husband. So that had all the things in, it was an angel box and it had all the things that I was looking for in a partner in terms of, you know, I want him to be a nice person, nice looking, whatever I wanted. And I put everything funny. Um, then I, I, I remember this was the funny part talking about abundance. I put down an amount of money that I thought he should, because I was single for a while and I was supporting myself and I put an amount of money down and then I went, my vision board, I think I'm going to double that amount. And I figured out whatever. And I did. And I do. And what I had an airplane in there because I wanted to travel and we've traveled the world in the last 21 years. Um, yeah. So so now. I mean, I, I met him and I could have said no, but he happened to check all the right boxes. And then about a year later, after we got engaged, I showed it to him and he went, I, I can't, this is like who I am. I went, I'm aware. So. You know, I mean, I wasn't going to settle for some bottom line is I think vision board, vision box, whatever you want to do. I love all that will help you move towards your purpose, whatever that might be, by listening to your intuition. And it puts it out there. So like you said, we're always growing and changing. Um, I was just talking to Noah my, or texting him, my producer, saying that we're just coming up to our three year anniversary of doing this. And so, you know, it, the, the idea was three years ago now. And then the actual first episode, I think, was in January. I can't remember. But anyways, we're, we're approaching it. And so when I even think about this, it was an idea that popped in my head. I am totally not technologically savvy, whatever. I thought, well, how would I ever do this? And what? Yeah, I don't know. And who's going to listen? And meanwhile, we get a lot of listeners. So thank you, listeners. Um, you just never know. So if someone would have said to me, at 70 years old, you're going to all of a sudden start doing a podcast. I would have went, first of all, I wouldn't have even known what that was at the time. Um, I think you just never know. So if your heart, though, is in a good place, like what you're saying, Madison, is that I love being in nature. I love sharing that with human beings. That touches my soul when I touch someone else's soul. So it's a win-win. So wherever your path progresses, which if you have a vision to do a Montessori program at some point or a bed and breakfast, whatever it is, just keep doing what you're doing, like you're saying, and it will happen. So and the more you put it out there, you know, it's manifestation. The more you put it out there, the more exactly the dream alive, like rather than just like scribbling it down in your notebook somewhere and putting it away on a shelf for years. No, you have to exactly like when I meet people, when you talk about it, you know, yeah. I meet these cosmic connections like this lady I met the, uh, on the trails a few weeks ago, Janice Alpert. She's <laughs> like super cool. And now I'm on her podcast and we're talking about nature and, I, and purpose and it's beautiful, you know, so it is beautiful it's around the corner for you. So if you oh. just follow your intuition, do what makes you happy, do what you love and the rest will work out. Um, I, amen. I love it. Thank you so much. I just you just touched my heart and soul. You're just like an amazing young woman. I think you're Terrific. All right. So I said I end every um, podcast with a little quote. And since I did know that you were about nature, I did was a little more specific with with this one. Um, the goal of life is to make your heart beat match the beat of the universe. Um, to match 
that of nature, which then matches your nature. So it was kind of, it's by Joseph Campbell. I thought that was like a good one. Um, so yeah. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, if anybody's going to Tennessee, her name is Madison Saunders. Um, if they need a guide, if they're going to the Smoky Mountains, uh, I don't know, how would they? Find me wherever. I'd love to share nature with you. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Janice. It was um, so good to see you again. So good to see you again, too. I, I also just wanted to share one little anecdote that Madison is an adventurer also in spirit. She told me she drove, where'd you drive to, Montana? Oh, Utah? Utah. Yeah. And for she tied by herself for two weeks, or I don't know, and just hiked and saw, and and, that, and that's part of her thing is to go to the national parks, I think. We didn't even get into that, but. Any time alone is really great. I think that's important, too, uh, for just the mental health and healing. and Yeah, like, love. And yeah. yeah, but I love that. I thought that was, <laughs> yeah, but I thought that was gutsy, too. The bottom line is, listen to your heart. Um if you include nature in that, I think that's just, you're just getting even more connected to yourself and the universe. So again, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Madison, that was great. I, I loved hearing your story and what you're doing with your life. So keep it up. Um, on, on that note, um, this is Janice Alpert. Uh, thank you for listening to On Purpose, hoping that you're doing your purpose or looking for it and maybe doing it even on purpose. So until next time, take good care. Bye-bye. 